The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Mick Shots. Streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones and Mickey Spagnola. It's another beautiful Thursday morning. The sun is shining. It's a great day to have another mix shots with Mickey Spagnola, Everson Walls. I'm Danny Sarek. And although we all are all isolated and we're not together, I'm so glad we're able to still do this podcast. It's so good to see your faces. You know what? It feels like we're together. You know, we've been <laughs> getting ready for the show and talking for about 15, 20 minutes. So uh, I feel like I'm just across the table from you guys, Everson. I feel isolated. I'm in a room by myself. Uh, I feel like I'm in a I'm in a cave. But it's still good to see you guys. <laughs> Well, just the way we've been able to do all of our podcasts virtually with the help of our engineers and our great our great staff. You know, we've got Chris Beam and Matt Kent helping us out with this. The Cowboys coaching staff and scouting department has been working closely with the IT department, doing all of their interviews and meetings virtually. And last week, the NFL had announced that this draft is going to be all virtual. And they're actually going to be doing a mock draft to kind of run out some of those kinks because uh, as great as technology is, we know that it's not always the most reliable. So hopefully those mock drafts will be able to help things run more smoothly because the draft is only one week away from today. You know what? God bless the Internet, because if we didn't have the Internet, we wouldn't be doing all this stuff. And there probably wouldn't be a draft that we could see. So uh, it's a good thing 20 years ago or so this thing got really popular. And uh, that's the way this whole thing's going to work. And. You know, as I've been telling people, Danny and uh, Everson, uh, that probably the most valuable people in this draft will be the IT departments because they they got to be perfect. <laughs> they can't make a mistake. Well, I tell you what, it, the, the way my uh, draft situation went, it's pretty much what they're going to be looking forward to. Uh, I didn't get drafted, so hey, you know, they just brought me my contract uh, in my dormitory. You know, so this is kind of this is going to be. Almost like a free agent experience for these guys, but they're going to get paid big money. As much as I love seeing that first round and everyone goes up on stage, I do love seeing those videos of when the players are at their homes and they're surrounded by family and friends. Now, it'll be a little different. You can't have a party of, you know, 40, 50 people they're celebrating, but I do love seeing those videos of when they get the phone calls and you're just surrounded by your closest family and friends and it's really intimate those people who have been there with you every step of the way to get getting that phone call what, you know, I, guys, what I will I, not what i will not miss is looking at all the crazy suits that they're going to be having on as they walk up to the podium and 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 get their hat and, and they meet the commissioner i will not miss the colors i will not miss the the ostrich shoes and loafers that you've they're got different have style on. Yeah, they, I, you know what? They might wear the same suits at home. What, what do you think? Everyone be dressed up at home. Oh, like a, absolutely, right? The on Easter Sunday, on Easter Sunday, they're going to be looking like Easter Sunday, and they're going to be all dressed up in the living room. You know, guys, this almost reminds me of the uh, first draft I sort of took place uh, or took part in. Uh, it was back before. Uh, ESPN and any of the TV stations started broadcasting uh, and there was no radio uh, 
Uh, it was back in uh, 1979. I, was, I thought you were going to say 1917. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> 1979, Emerson. <laughs> and and uh, Kellen Winslow, I was in Columbia, Missouri, and the, Cowboy, uh, the Missouri tight end, Kellen Winslow, was expected to be a first-round draft choice. Uh, so he invited us, the guys that were covering the team, invited us over to his apartment uh, to wait for him to get the phone call so we could be there, right? So we all show up at his apartment, and so it's at the end of the semester. He had his phone turned off. He didn't have any phone service. And he's like, how am I going to find out, right? So we ended up going into the newspaper newsroom, and we were watching the draft on the AP teletype machine. And, you know, it would come over that, you know, at number two, so-and-so took somebody, and number three, so-and-so took somebody. And I could see the life was draining out of his face because it gotten to nine and ten, and he hadn't been drafted yet. And it was like, oh, this is starting to get embarrassing, right? And then Was it 12 no- rounds? 12 rounds then, Mick? It, it, it was 17 rounds back then, wow. if you can rem- imagine that. So it got to uh, the pick number 11 in the first round and uh, it comes over the teletype machine uh, the AP wire machine it says San Diego Chargers select Missouri tight end Kellen Winslow and it couldn't have gone to a better place right remember with uh, uh, the offense that they were Air Coryell and the Chargers he's he's thinking oh man I am a tight end in the (laughs) slot right and so he's real calm and he does the whole interview and everything and we walked outside of the newsroom outdoors and he let out the biggest blood curdling yell you ever seen he was just screaming (laughs) celebrating right And, and it went from how am I going to find out how I get drafted? And we figured it out, and that's how he found out, watching it in the uh, Missouri newsroom. It's, it's almost like you guys were dealing with pigeons back then. That just yeah. so long. <laughs> Mickey, I have no doubt in my mind that the players being drafted probably don't even turn their cell phones off ever. They just leave them on and they continually charge them. So that doesn't worry me. Uh, With the Cowboys, guys, there seems to be news, and I'll put that in quotes, uh, pretty much every week, right? And this week, the the news was about quarterback Dak Prescott, and it wasn't about whether or not he's going to sign that franchise tag or if he had a new deal. It was reports that he had had a large party and had people over at his house and that the cops were called to break it up. And he made a statement saying that that wasn't true at all, that he was following the guidelines of having 10 or fewer people. They had brought food in. Uh, There was a picture that was, I think, originally said it was at his house. It was a, a table that was set with napkins and everything else you need. It turned out to be a picture of the restaurant they had ordered from. And it just, Mm -hmm. you got to think like, do other quarterbacks and other teams deal with this kind of stuff if you don't play for the Dallas Cowboys? Welcome to being the Dallas Cowboys quarterback. I got to say, Spags, I was, uh, he's been, uh, uh, how can I put it? He's been drawing a little bit of uh, attention to himself uh, by having these, uh, closed door practices with Dez, right? right? Have you been seeing those? Well, yeah, I have seen it. And 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 again, I guarantee you other quarterbacks can be doing this, right? But if you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, you got to understand the scrutiny you're under. And if if you think about it, 
previously, all his scrutiny's been good, right? Everything's been great. The charities, this, this, and this. Uh, and, and now suddenly, I think he's coming to the realization that when you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, you don't have a, a, a personal life anymore. Uh, everything you do is under scrutiny. No matter what you do, what you say, I mean, Tua is is help holding workouts, right? And, and no one's criticizing him because they're, they're filming it, right? Think I like about that, it. Spence. And and but it's the Cowboys quarterback. And think about it. Go back to Don Meredith. You know, he he found it out. Craig Morton found it out. I think the only guy that really escaped this, and you know, I didn't live through it, was probably Roger Staubach. And he was so squeaky clean that they probably couldn't find anything about him. Well, you know, Rogers, Rogers, Rogers' pet peeve was he loved basketball, right? And so he would always participate uh, in hoop it up back in the day. And he didn't care who he was playing against. It could be other football players. It could be brothers from the hood. Roger loved basketball. He loved the competition. Now another quarterback that did get into it with. uh, their organization that was Mahomes, if you recall. Uh, after the Super Bowl, he's out there showing showing his hoop game. I think he he dunked on somebody or, or was was going to the hole. And as soon as the Chiefs found out about that, then they gave him a call as well. And that was very recent. And it was like no more basketball for you, Mister Mahomes. And hey, you, uh, so, you know what? You could. Uh, it, it, this was before. You know, I don't know if you were aware or not, but. Uh, the story goes when um, when Walt Garrison first signed with the Cowboys, so we're going back into the mid to late '60s. Uh, you know, he he was a he was a rodeo guy. He was a cowboy before he became a cowboy, and uh, he was continuing to participate in rodeos uh, during the season. Like on Saturday night, he would <laughs> he would leave the hotel and go perform in Mesquite, and then come back. And somebody Oh what a uh, terrible idea. Somebody did a story but on see, it. See back then, Danny, just... those were men were men, okay? That's when men were men. They're not these little powder puffs they have these days. Whatever. Somebody Somebody did a story of it, <laughs> took a picture, put it in the paper and said, Hey, how neat is this? The Cowboys are letting their player participate in the rodeo and then play football the next day. Well, Tom Landry found out about it, and it was like, uh, Walt, there'll be no more rodeos the night before games, okay? You know what? The rodeos, I don't know what's tougher, the rodeos or the game. I mean, which one do you think, when is his life uh, any safer? Yeah, because he was roping. like a death wish, man. This guy like a death wish. That was was crazy. (laughs) That was crazy. I mean, he was roping, so he had, you know, they roped the calves, jumped off the horse, and kind of tie them up, right? And it's like, are you kidding me? Uh, But, yeah, that was – so, anyway, going back to the scrutiny. And if you think about it, think about what Tony Romo went through, and he understood it, uh, that any time he dated a celebrity, you know, people found out. uh, That he went on vacation. Right. Found that out, I mean, you got rodeo, and you have – Cancun, okay? Right. There's, there's, there's a big difference between that. And we just went off on Romo for going to Cancun. So hopefully for, for Dak, you know, this doesn't get him to the point where he starts closing everybody off. 
and becomes, you know, too self-conscious of everything he does, even in the locker room. Because if you think about it, what happened with Romo, I mean, he was the best quote ever. And then he realized, I can't say anything either way because people can interpret it however they want. So he's, he said a lot and said nothing. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and that was unfortunate. And you hope that doesn't happen to Dak with hey, all this it stuff going to Romo. on with him. Now he, now he, he talks a lot. Yeah, know, right. He's getting paid a lot for talking yeah, a lot. Yeah, he's making so, yeah. up for it. I think uh, he early, is making up for it. Earlier this week, Tom Pelissero with NFL Network had uh, announced that the, the NFL and the NFLPA, they're figuring out ways to do a virtual period for the offseason starting Monday, April 20th. So facilities won't be open, but this is going to allow clubs to start having meetings and going over plays and schemes and that's going to be really important because the Cowboys have a new coaching staff and so they've got a lot of things they need to work through and they no longer have that advantage of having extra time uh, in this offseason program compared to teams that didn't get uh, a coaching staff uh, over overhaul and so Mickey what do you think is going to happen with Prescott in terms of if he's going to sign this franchise tag and if he's going to be logged in on those virtual meetings. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Think about this. You, you don't have to leave your house, right? You, you can sit like we're sitting right now and turn on your screen and be there as the meeting's going on. Uh, I don't know how valuable uh, those type of things will be. I'll let uh, Everson kind of speak to that. But all I'm thinking is, they're going to pay you somewhere around $250, $300 a day to sit there like we're sitting here right now, and, and, and you don't have to do anything physical. I mean, I, I understand, okay, I need some leverage, and if I don't do this, maybe they'll sign me to what I want. But it, is it that valuable, you think, Everson, to participate in those things? I think it depends on where you are in your career. You know, if you're talking about Dak, no, it's not valuable at all. You know, I think I look at it as something where, I mean, you know, he's, he understands the game very well. We all know that. Uh, he just passed with more yards than anybody last year. You know, I don't think taking in a new system uh, virtually, no, I don't think that that will affect him at all. Now, if you've got some quarterbacks that are trying to learn a whole bunch of new things, they had not had a good year, they're coming to a new team, yeah, then all of a sudden you're, you're looking at it as um, – very inconvenient, I would say. But for Dak, no, I wouldn't think that would make a difference for him at all. And I got a, I got a way, Danny. He can turn this into a positive, so he can say, "Okay, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to take my per diem, and I'm going to go buy lunches for the nurses at Baylor Scott and White." And, and he could be a hero, right? Instead of causing a stink and say, "No, I'm not taking part in those things," he could actually turn the thing on without even showing himself on the screen and listening, right? That's what right. I'm going to start doing when I do, do work with you guys. I'm going to just oh forget the screen. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, Everson, I, I have to say I think I disagree with you about yes, it won't be valuable because, I mean, Dak is still working with Kellen Moore. He's working with Doug Nussmeyer, who's now going to be the quarterback's coach, who was working with the tight end. So he has some familiarity there. But this is still otherwise a new coaching staff and Mike McCarthy and – dealing with a lot of different different little uh, subtle things in the game. And I, I do think that this will be valuable. I think this, the meetings and kind of showing his face and all of that stuff, I, I think this will be valuable for him if he is on those calls. I understand the leverage of 
if this were all happening in person, he wouldn't be there more, you know, because he hasn't signed that tag. And But if you're not having to leave your house and you're just logging in and you're trying to, you know, the meetings are what's important for him to make sure that everyone is on the same page, assuming the season starts on time. So I think it would be valuable for him to show his face in those. I think that takes the value away just a little bit. I don't think we're going to have a season this fall. And so there's no urgency in this regard. Uh, the fact that everything is changing, the fact that he has to do this all virtual, well, that also is the same reason that this, I think the season is going to be in jeopardy because of everything that we're dealing with. Um, if they were coming up for the fall, you might be right. You might have a, a case, Danny. But uh, I think that we're, everything's going to be pushed back to where eventually they're going to have the meetings that they need to have uh, before this season even starts. And, uh, but at this point, at this point, I just don't think it's that important. You know, I, I think I kind of agree with sort of with both of you. Uh, I, I think it would help to, to be a part because they're going to probably be putting in some new stuff. But I don't think it's going to help to the point that it, if he's not there, it's going to create leverage and the Cowboys are going to go, okay, yeah, whatever you want. You know, we're going to sign you to this because we want you to be part of these meetings. It's, he's not going to gain any leverage by doing it. All he's getting himself is uh, some poor publicity about the whole thing. Well, we've got a lot more to talk about still. The draft is only one week away from today, so we're going to talk a little bit about those players. We're going to go back in time, too. We're going to talk about uh, someone on this podcast with his draft, and uh, it's not Mickey. So stay tuned. We'll have more for you right after the break. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too right above the subway well i bet you don't even notice it after the that's my neighbor angus a deal that's just okay is not okay get a great deal with america's best network come into an at&t store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for zero dollars down based on gws1 score september 2019 back, back, back. to mick shots
The draft is just one week away from today, and you can get your draft coverage the Cowboys way with the official 2020 Dallas Cowboys Star Magazine Draft Guide. Featuring an exciting new look, the guide includes all the information and analysis you need for the Cowboys' upcoming draft. Get your digital copy today for only $4.95. Find out more at dallascowboys.com forward slash star. And Danny Everson, this isn't quite a read, but I just wanted to tease a story, feature story that I'm going to have up today on DallasCowboys.com. Uh, it's taking a look back at the uh, 1990 draft, 30 years ago, and it'll be uh, 30 years ago uh, next, this coming Wednesday, uh, when the Cowboys uh, made the decision to draft Emmett Smith. Uh, and everybody thinks, oh, look what the Cowboys did at number 17. They got Emmett Smith. Well, uh, there's a backstory there that I think everybody uh, that's not familiar with that draft will be surprised on how the Cowboys basically tried to do everything they could uh, to not draft Emmett Smith. And in the end, they said, ah, you know what? Let's just take this running back from uh, the <laughs> University of Florida. So uh, pay attention. I think it's uh, pretty interesting. Also, uh, kind of uh, after that draft 30 years ago, uh, Everson Walls made a big decision. Uh, he, The Cowboys basically uh, told him that they weren't having him back. I'll let him explain that story. Uh, it was 1990. And, Everson, you had a bunch of teams uh, interested in you, and you took a while uh, before you made the decision on where you were going to sign and continue your career. Yeah, that was 30 years ago. Wow, that's great. I think my hair was gray even then. (laughs) (laughs) But, no, I I recall uh, a couple of teams. That was uh, the Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks wanted me badly. Uh, That's when Tom Flores was the GM there. Uh, of course, the, the former great uh, uh, Raiders coach. And he had moved up to Seattle, changed teams, and be, he had the GM job up there. And uh, I had never worked, I had never worked out on sand-based turf. As that was the weirdest workout I've ever had. The turf itself was sand-based, and, and it had lumps in it. You know, it wasn't even. It had lumps in it, like, like it was natural grass or something. So... I'm thinking to myself, only in Seattle can you have sand-based turf. I don't think any other team ever had that. I went up there and worked out. Tom wanted me bad. Uh, I knew at that time, I knew where I was going. I acted like I didn't know where I was going. But I knew exactly where I was going. I, I was not going to go to Seattle. I knew, I knew where my plans were. I had to play behind that front seven they had in New York. There's no way. I was, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I made the right decision. So I, I noticed bef- bef- uh, the leading up to the draft when I was researching the Emmett story that we were writing about you and the decision you had to make. And uh, it looked like uh, the Giants or the Seahawks wanted you to decide before the draft so they could alter their draft accordingly. And then at the last minute, I think I read, or I don't know if it was accurate, and you could tell us now, uh, that the Rams kind of got a little bit interested in you, but you didn't make your decision until after the draft. When the Giants hey, listen, were, I was they, a free agent. Right. Not only that, I was, I was not, I was never, even out of high school, I was never heralded. That was my time to take my recruiting trips, okay? <laughs> that, 
That's all that was. I wanted to go fly around. I wanted to go to Seattle. I've never been to Seattle. Sorry, I wanted to go to Seattle. Then they, they, and it's free, too. They're taking me to New York. Come on, man. The Big Apple. I wanted to go there and have a good time. Man, I knew exactly what I was going to do from day one. I just wanted to milk it. That's all. I just wanted to milk it. Well, you did because I think you stretched it out. I think the draft was I on the 22nd and you signed on the 28th or something like that. So was your contact with the Giants, was it right with Bill Parcells? or did who? Yeah, I called Bill myself. I called Bill. I called Bill. And it's so funny. He answered the phone. There was no secretary. I probably called at the perfect time. And, uh, you know, you have to put on the air of confidence. I mean, I, I don't know if Bill wanted me or not, but I acted as if I was, you know, hot stuff, you know. So we're on the phone and I'm not calling him Coach Parcells. I'm like, hey, Bill, it's Everson, you know. So, you know, I, I tried to be a rep and player at the same time. It worked out pretty good. So you didn't have hey, to Everson, pay. Everson, your hair is not gray in those pictures. Oh, you got to look real close, Danny. You got to look real close. <laughs> My just for men wasn't even invented yet, I don't think. So, yeah, it was tough. And then the bottom line on that decision is Everson goes on to win a Super Bowl that year with the Giants. So, good decision, right? Oh, yeah. Seattle was nowhere to be found in the playoffs that year. So, yeah, I think I made a good decision. And, Mickey, when you were covering the Cowboys, there was some more news that broke that same week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Everson probably will remember this. Um, the Cowboys were going to move on from Ed Tutal Jones, too. He yes. had played his 15th season uh, in 89, which Great at that career. time was the, the career record uh, until it was tied by Bill Bates and Mark Tuanay and then broken by Witten. And Ed, the, and, and Ed knew that Cowboys were moving on. He had played 89 uh, with Jimmy. Uh, and towards the end of the season, if you remember this, Everson, uh, they were going to transition that spot to Tony Tolbert, and they were going to start Tony Tolbert, and the media made a big deal about ending Ed's consecutive streak of starting games. And Jimmy basically said, okay, I'll start him, and then after the first quarter, <laughs> Tolbert's going in, right? So he knew it was done, and he basically said, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving. And, and, and Ed, Ed, you know, he was 39 at that time. And, and basically said, you know, the, the coach said he's going with younger players. They're transitioning. They're not going to keep me around. So, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be back with the Cowboys. So he made that announcement and then eventually retired that year. But that was a long career. For I, 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 don't, I, don't know why, I don't know why you would replace Ed, you know, like, what, last game of the season? I know, you know I know. We're 1-15. <laughs> Who cares if Tony Tolbert starts? Uh, the last game of a 1-15 season. You know, as I look back, uh, when Jones bought the team, that was kind of like a COVID-19 moment as well, you know. A lot of changes came in. Yeah, a lot of changes. So, yeah, I look at that as, uh, you know, one of those moments to where it, it changed everything. We were so accustomed to Tom Landry, you know, and all of a sudden, here comes these these J boys, as you guys called them at the time. That was almost a COVID nineteen moment right there because everything changed after that. They came sweeping through like a plague, but I guess that was a good plague. No, no, you're absolutely <laughs> right. And then you know, Ed and those three guys held that record till this past season when Jason Witten um, ended up playing a sixteenth season uh, for the Cowboys and. Now it looks like he's going to end up with the Raiders. What did you think about it, Everson, that uh, 
you know, a guy that's played that long, 37 years old, but he still wants to get another year in. You know, uh, I can relate. Trust me, I can relate. It took me a while to just kind of realize, you know what, this is not good for me. It's not good for my, my, my ego. I'm, I'm up here trying to work out for all these different teams. I've got, seemed like the guys were younger than me that, was, that were evaluating me. And uh, I don't think that any of them really remembered who I was. It was kind of degrading, actually, to go through that process. So uh, we, we still put ourselves through it as older players simply because, you know, that's all we're accustomed to. And uh, so you think maybe I can just give it one last try. And uh, Ed's no different. I was no different. It did, it, but it doesn't take long at that age to realize, you know what, this is a bad idea. So, yeah. You know, and, and I thought it was interesting uh, this week, uh, Mike Mayock, the, the, the Raiders uh, GM, uh, I guess he was asked, why, why do you want a 37-year-old tight end uh, who's going to be playing his 17th season when you have uh, a really good tight end and a nice tight end room? Uh, what are you doing? What are you thinking about? And he basically said that bringing in a guy like Jason Witten helps the room because now these guys – uh, can listen to somebody that knows how to do it, that's done it, and, and if nothing else, the leadership he brings uh, will help us out. Uh, and, and the other thing that occurred to me with Witten this week was that uh, when you looked at his numbers in the decade, boy, he put up some pretty big numbers, uh, even though uh, he missed the 2018 season. And, yes, he only had the two 1,000-yard season, but I thought we could have made a point for him uh, to – uh, be placed on that all-decade team as the other tight end with Gronkowski, but Travis Kelsey uh, had won that one. You know, and I know he didn't play as many games, uh, but as Witten, but Witten had more catches, more yards, the same amount of Pro Bowls, uh, and, and I thought you could have made an argument there for Witten to be placed on that all-decade team. I think it's just those Super Bowl rings that he's missing, and that was probably what. What kept him off the list? And Kelsey, to those two. yeah, Danny, and you know, winning the Super Bowl probably helped him get the notoriety to say, "Oh yeah, okay, that guy, he's played five, six years this decade. He he's the all-decade uh, tight end." Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see Witten's role. You're right. I think that leadership is probably one of his bigger qualities at this point in his career. Uh, everything that he does for his teammates and those around him off the field. And I still think it'll be exciting to watch him play. I mean, Cowboys fans who have known him and loved him and watched him for 17 years and all he's been through, you want him to be successful. It's kind of sad uh, to see a player like that. He's going to be in a different jersey and it's going to be different, but you still want to see him have success. And it's even going to be crazy because uh, the Raiders move into Las Vegas. They haven't even finished their stadium. So now you think... He's 37 years old. Him and every other player are going to have to be probably, assuming there's a season, traveling every weekend because uh, it came out this week that they're having a like a contingency plan where they would play games in Salt Lake City, Phoenix, and San Diego since their stadium isn't finished. That's a lot of travel and play for someone who is 37 years old. Changing you know, times, I gotta say, right? I kind of, I kind of, I kind of lost you guys there for a minute. But here's one thing that I wish could have happened. If I could turn back the clock, I would turn it back to a couple of years ago when uh, Witten was in the booth. Uh, I thought 
that uh, he still would have had more in the tank than he had last year. And uh, having him on that team that uh, experienced that resurgence with Cooper coming in, I really wish we would have had uh, Witten at the time that year. I don't think Witten or anyone else could anticipate the difference that Cooper would make for that team. Uh, I think Witten thought, you know what, this team is going to go as far as they can go. I think I need to start looking forward to life after football. That's what he was thinking at that time. I really wish he could have been with that team when we made that turnaround during midseason. Uh, possibly could have gone on even further. Uh, could have beaten the Rams, maybe. Uh, maybe even positioned ourselves even better for the playoffs. And maybe wouldn't even have had to play uh, in the wild card round that year. Uh, I, I always wonder what would have happened if he would have stuck with us for that one particular season. You know, that's a good point because if you think about and, and even though the Rams' offense ran right over the Cowboys' defense, uh, the margin between winning and losing that game uh, wasn't really that great. There was a couple critical calls in that game uh, oh, that turned that, started. that, turned the that grasp, game around. Quarterback right. in the grasp. In yes. the grasp, yeah, absolutely. And that, that BS call on hands to the face on Byron Jones uh, yes. when the Cowboys were going to get off the field. And then two plays later, Gurley goes 30-some yards for a touchdown. And they ended up losing by, what, eight points? Uh, eight it, points. It was, they it ended was up that close. And, and that's a good point, that a guy like Witten on that team uh, could have made a significant difference, especially at the tight end position. Especially at the, that two-minute drive, you know, we're coming down. This is when, when Dak loves to look for Witten in that particular time. We, we make jokes about you know, Witten's uh, yak, so to speak. They say right. he, might have a, he might have a negative yak in his entire <laughs> career. But he moves the chains, and that's something that we needed on that final drive when we were down by eight points. Yeah, you always wonder what could have been, right? Well, we've been talking about the 37-year-old Jason Wynn, and right on the other side of this break, we're going to go to guys uh, a few decades younger. We're going to look at some draft <laughs> prospects and uh, how the Cowboys are preparing and looking at some of these players with the draft just one week away. Stay with us. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today in the Stadium Pro Shop or at Stetson.com. Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Uh, it's okay. Just okay? What's not too important? Right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus. A deal that's just okay is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score September 2019. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. 
Com. Essilor. See more. Do more. So, you're shopping, and that's when you see it. Aisle 23. Dr. Pepper stacked from top to bottom as far as the eye can see. The phrase too good to be true comes to mind, yet there it is. A rich, delicious Dr. Pepper paradise. Wait, did, did that can of Dr. Pepper just open itself for you? They all are. As if to say, so nice to treat you. And even though it feels weird to talk to a can, you pick one up and say, it's so nice to be treated. Dr. Pepper, so nice to treat you. Back, back to mixed shots. Hey guys, you need to know this. It takes two to turbo, and that means going to jackblack.com, and you can get two free turbo favorites with your $70 purchase this week. Uh, and and the, it, it includes the turbo spray and the mm-hmm. turbo wash energizing cleanser. And what they have with the turbo is a lot of their uh, body washes that uh, certainly can help you out. Uh, there's the turbo wash, and uh, I, I know that for a fact that you will really like the turbo wash. Uh, they also uh, have the turbo body spray, turbo body scrub, and turbo body bar soap scrubbing. So if you go to getjackblack.com, uh, you can shop now if you use the code TURBO and you get your two free turbo products, getjackblack.com. Man, you know what I like about being here? I don't have to worry about the spittle coming from you when we're sitting close together. So it's, this is good to be home. And Do I need and, to and, wipe my screen now? And to be spittle-free is so nice to be here. I might, I might need a drink here. <laughs> oh, those are my favorite reasons. Make you kill them every time. Every Welcome time. back to Mix Shots, everyone. The draft is just one week away. And what's been fun to see on Twitter, I don't know if you guys have seen this, uh, a lot of NFL players have been trying to see which state has produced the best football players. And, uh, of course, we're pretty much all by Texas, right? But you've got yeah. players saying wow. Florida, where Mari Cooper, you've got Georgia, and nope. all these players are trying to see. But we know that it's Texas. And there's actually a, a handful of local players in this draft uh, who – have really made a name for themselves. And, Mickey, I know you've been looking at one from DeSoto, a wide receiver out there. Yeah, LaViscus Chenault, uh, wide receiver, University of Colorado. Uh, he uh, played his high school ball at DeSoto uh, High, won a state championship there with him uh, in 2016, and uh, played three years at uh, Colorado. And he's a kind of a guy that maybe – Fell off the the screen just a little bit this year. His uh, sophomore year at Colorado, he he led the nation in yards per game, receiving yards per game. Uh, and 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 he, he, one draft guru described him as maybe the best athlete in the draft. He's six mm. one, two twenty two, and he's played all three wide receiver positions. Uh, at the University of Colorado. Uh, so he's a guy that, you know, maybe he's not recognized in that class with the the Judys and Rugg and uh, C.D. Lamb, uh, but he can be a pretty productive uh, wide receiver. And, and one thing I thought was interesting, Everson, uh, when he went to the combine, he only ran like a 4.58, but he needed... Uh, core muscle surgery so he kind of powered through it anyway and just at least ran the 40 
and, and he's probably faster than that. Uh, he's had the surgery, and maybe teams will not value him as highly as uh, maybe he should be. And so if the Cowboys are looking for a, a wide receiver, maybe second round, early third, uh, might keep an eye on this uh, local kid because he's, uh, he's one heck of an athlete. You know, one thing you, you want to uh, stereotype some guys uh, in regards to size and even speed, uh, I think more than anything, we need a slot receiver. I think we need that third down receiver. I think Jarwin's going to be big for us on third downs this year, just as Whitten always has been. But Jarwin, with a little bit more uh, mobility, uh, putting a big receiver, 6'1", that's a big receiver to be in the slot as far as I'm concerned. Uh, not just 6'1", but he's over 220-plus pounds. That would be kind of difficult to see me uh, watching him in the slot. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's got the quickness uh, to do it. Obviously, you talked about him playing all three positions. But I'd be very curious to see just how effective he would be in the slot for the Dallas Cowboys. You know, one of the things, uh, Danny Everson, that I noticed about him is uh, he, he's one of those uh, kind of jack-of-all-trade receivers. Like, you can hand him the ball. Uh, you could snap him to him if you if you wanted to do that, and, and he's a return who's, who's guy. Who's the stud too. for the Titans? Who's that stud for the Titans? You're talking about him being like the, uh, uh, the the wide receiver for the Titans that did so well this year. I think he was a rookie. Oh, um, I mean, he just took he, over uh, in the on the postseason and showed just at the end of the season and postseason he showed just how good he was, uh, and he is he's not necessarily as tall. But my goodness, he is a load to bring down, very athletic. And I'm wondering if they would probably use this young man, if the Cowboys would use this young man the way the Titans use uh, their young stud in the same manner. Yeah, and, and, and it's kind of a, a, a neat story that the guy, that, you know, he, he kind of probably could have played in the state of Texas but ended up going to Colorado and, uh, and had a really nice career there. So, yeah, keep, keep an eye on him. Uh, he, he, he's just one of these guys that can do uh, a, a lot of things for you. Uh, and you're right, Everson, he's a, he's a little bit bigger. Uh, but, again, a lot of times those slot receivers are a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. And the loss of – All right, I meant to say the defensive backs in the slot are usually a little <laughs> smaller. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. <laughs> and just a little tidbit – that's why Belichick loved big defensive backs. He didn't care who you were, what position you, you were accustomed to playing. If you're going to be a, a, a physical defensive back, he liked a lot of size. Therefore, we had Perry Williams, who was just as tall as I was, maybe taller and bigger, playing at the cornerback position. Uh, it depends on who you play uh, and what their system is. But some of them like to be physical on that slot receiver because he's so prevalent on third downs. And that slot position is wide open, needs to be filled. Uh, you have some, really some receivers from last year, you know, Cedric Wilson and, and Devin Smith, who you could try and rotate around, but the loss of Randall Cobb to free agency has really put that as uh, an offensive spot that people are looking at, at how the Cowboys are going to draft. And there's a ton of depth in the receiver position this draft class. I mean, it is loaded. But when you look at those top names that are going to go early, uh, C.D. Lamb, 
uh, mm-hmm. for, for the receivers. And what's interesting is I know, Mickey, you found some research about a cool connection for who are going to be three top draft picks with safety Grant Delpit out of LSU, CeeDee Lamb, the receiver out of Oklahoma, and Kenneth Murray, the linebacker, who we talked about last week with that really amazing uh, virtual interview with the Cowboys. And you found mm-hmm. a connection for all three of them. Yeah, this is crazy, guys, because uh, I was reading a story about the, uh, the Delpit family uh, from New Orleans, uh, and uh, they ended up leaving New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina uh, and evacuated to uh, the city of Houston. And, and he was, uh, Grant, the, the safety, uh, was like six, seven, eight years old, somewhere in there, uh, probably about six or seven and when they moved. And he ended up as a, a, a junior, as a junior high uh, player, uh, playing for this uh, youth team. Well, on the youth team, uh, a- along with Grant Delpit, is C.D. Lamb. And I didn't realize C.D. Lamb also. His family was from New Orleans, and they evacuated and ended up in Houston. And these two guys ended up on that same youth team along with, as Danny said, uh, Kenneth Murray, who, who was from there in the first place, the linebacker. So these three guys are playing on the same youth team. You think they ever got beat? Uh, <laughs> I, I just think it's incredible that back when you're junior high age, what are you, like 12, 13, 11, uh, these three guys are playing on a team, and now uh, all these years later, here they are, all three of them probably be uh, first round draft choices. It, it was an okay, interesting so, story. So do we get to do we get to put them in the Texas category or the Louisiana category? <laughs> that's that's, that, that's all that's important here. That is a good question. Can we claim them in Texas or do does Louisiana still have the I, right of I don't first think refusal? they were in high school though at, with Katrina. No, they were like five, six so years I old. Would, that was fifteen yeah, years ago. Yeah, I would ago. say Texas. Yes, I'm with you, Danny. I would say if let's it's before, before eight years old, let's let's just say it like that. Eight years old. Let's you don't have it. to show your birth certificate. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we'll claim them for Texas. Uh, those guys and a bunch of other guys, their lives are going to change forever. And one week from today with the NFL draft, the first of those virtual rounds. And I want to ask you guys because I think you could argue – I think the argument comes down to two positions for my question of the season were to start today. When you look at the players the Cowboys have, what is the greatest position of need? And I want to hear what you guys think, because as fun as it would be to draft one of these amazing receivers with pick 17, the Cowboys first round draft pick, I think it comes down to whether or not the Cowboys are going to draft a pass rusher on the right side of that defensive line after losing Robert Quinn to free agency, or are they going to look more at the defensive back position and go for a cornerback? So if the season were to start today, what is the biggest area of need for this Cowboys team? Everson, I'll let you go first because I wrote about this last Friday on DallasCowboys.com, and my suggestion was when the Cowboys look at where you go, uh, you look at the position what position scares you the most? Meaning, not scares the other team, scares you on what I have if I have to play tomorrow. Uh, what do I absolutely need if I have to play tomorrow? So uh, I'll give the floor to you first. I would look at the entire 
middle of the Cowboys' defensive uh, formation. I still think, even though we just signed a couple of big studs, uh, the, the, the verdict is still out on them as far as McCoy uh, and uh, the other young man that we just signed from oh. Carolina. Yes. And so when you look at those guys, I still think that our nose guard tackle position needs to be shored up because we got shredded last year. And then when you look at the other position, you're looking at the linebacker position. Uh, yes, we've got a lot of linebackers. we got Sean Lee coming back. I understand that. But I think we need that linebacker that can completely control the middle of our defense. I know we think we have that right now. Uh, Van Der Esch, I'm still very concerned about him. Just his health, period. Forget being a ball player. But that surgery, uh, you just worry about that whole neck, neck thing that he's got to deal with. Uh, so I think a good linebacker that can close those creases that were left last year when you look at the Vikings game and pretty much every game after Thanksgiving to where we just couldn't stop anybody as far as the run was concerned. And, of course, the free safety position. Yes, we have Clinton Dix. I, I, I really want to talk to you about that last week, Spags, about how this is an important acquisition for us. You've got a guy with a lot of experience back there that could play either deep or I think he could even play up at the strong safety position. So to have the luxury of him being there is great, but also being, maybe having to draft a, a Delpit, someone of that nature that, is, uh, that can control the ball game from 10 yards deep in the secondary. So I'm looking down the middle of the field, down the middle of our alignment, defensive tackle, uh, inside linebacker, as well as free safety. You sound like Interesting. a you sound like a baseball manager. You got to be strong up the middle, right? <laughs> strong up the middle, baby. <laughs> so you know Mickey, if these answer? so if these uh, interviews that they're doing with the uh, potential draft choices mean anything, one of the guys that they interviewed uh, over the last uh, week or so uh, was Raquan Davis, the defensive tackle from the University of Alabama, six six, three hundred and eleven pounds, and he's probably a three technique. So Everson, they're obviously thinking that way too. Uh, his his last this past season wasn't as good as his previous uh, two seasons, uh, but boy, he's a load in the middle. To me, uh, the position uh, that scares me right now, uh, I think I can play at cornerback. Uh, it, I, I probably need another guy, but if I had to play tomorrow, uh, I could start Chidabe Owusie, Anthony Brown, and, and Jordan Lewis. And those would be my three guys, and I think I could get by. The the position that scares me. God, that is, scares me. That scares me. Is that scares the me. <laughs> is the defensive end spot on the right side because I don't know that they have somebody. You know, some everybody will say, well, yeah, they got Randy Gregory. They 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 might have uh, Alden Smith. Well, it's might on both of those guys. So if you had to start tomorrow, who's starting? And Tyrone Crawford. Is Tyrone Crawford. Coming off of two hip surgeries, how much are you going to get out of him? Is he? Hey, ready I to heard go? on Twitter he said he is he is ready. So if oh, it's I on Twitter, so. I, it I'd must love be to see true. Him back out there. <laughs> and, but I and have at, to agree with you, Mickey. And down, I think that is their biggest need. First and second down, that's fine. But who's the pass rusher? Because after that, and if you count uh, the four guys that they have uh, that were on the team last year that are still there that potentially could play there, those four guys totaled two sacks last year. And one of them mm. was Crawford's, and he only played 
uh, I believe it was uh, seven, nine games, something like that, before they finally said, yeah, he, he probably needs surgery. So uh, to me, that, that spot there is vacant. I can get by with some of this other stuff and at safety. I can get by with ha-ha Clinton Dix. And, and you're right, Everson, I think he can play either one. And I, I'm, I'm not sure that they're disappointed in what um, uh, Woods. What Woods is doing, Xavier Woods is doing at free safety. So maybe Dix plays in the slot. I mean, uh, down low uh, and uh, as the strong safety. Uh, and I, I, I could get by with that. Uh, but from the future, yeah, they've got positions that they don't have a lot of depth at. Uh, that they're going to need some help. And, and you mentioned the defensive tackle, the nose tackle. You know, I'm sure Poe's contract's going to – it says two years, but I bet it's one year. If you look at Gerald McCoy's contract, they can get out of it after one year for not much uh, dead money. Uh, but, yeah, that defensive end spot, uh, I, I just can't hit, sit here and I, I say those two you, guys are going to I want you guys play. to remember. I want you guys to remember. I want you to remember these names. I want you okay. to remember Cook. I want you to remember Cook from Minnesota. Okay. I want you. I want you to remember anyone that had the ball in their hands in Buffalo. Okay. I want you to remember <laughs> all of those games where we're like, "What the, the hell is runs. going on? We can't stop anybody." So forget passing the ball. I get it. It'd be nice if we could force them into a third and long, but we never could because we were always giving up chunks of yardage on first and ten. So. That's, my and that's why I agree with Mickey. You need someone, you need that pass rush opposite of Demarcus Lawrence so that you're forcing them to quickly throw the ball. And I agree with Mickey. I think if the season were to start today, you are confident enough in the starters that you would have. I think the Cowboys are still going to draft a handful of defensive backs in this draft because there's a pretty good number of them, some really skilled players. But I think right now the biggest need is filling that gap the unknown on the right side of that defensive line. Well, just remember, uh, just remember, Danny, uh, the dartboard's behind me still, right? So uh, all these positions we took, we talked about: cornerback, safety, defensive tackle, defensive end, wide receiver. If you threw it at the dartboard at the position, whatever you hit, I don't think we could say they're wrong. They can mm. use that position. Maybe that'll be what we do next week. Before the draft starts, we'll have all the positions on the dartboard, and Mickey will just throw the darts, and wherever they land, that's who the Cowboys pick. I think that would make their job much let's easier. Have You're Mick not having stand, a wonder. Let's have Mick stand in front of the dartboard and oh. throw the darts and see what happens. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You guys it'll are give too new, much. It'll give, it'll give new meaning to Mick shots, right? <laughs> ah, there you go. Good job, guys, Spags. Nice. It is always so much fun talking with you. I miss seeing you, but this is a great second. We hope you guys have enjoyed Mix Shots as much as we do hanging out and talking Cowboys football. That'll be it for us today, but stay tuned to DallasCowboys.com because coming up at 11, the draft show with one week away, there is so much still that they have to talk about, and it'll get you ready for all the different possibilities the Cowboys could be making in just seven short days. For Mickey Spagnola and Everson Walls, I'm Danny Sarek. Thank you for watching Mix Shots. We'll see you next time. See you, guys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!